I've been recording for five minutes. Oh shit. Okay. It's fine because you've now got um, audio evidence of me using the N word, and you can use it against me when we call out. Amazing. You're listening to Good as Hell. I'm your host, John Rutherford. And I'm Rick Hampton. Wablo. Right on cue, my China. You're getting really good at this. I know, I know. It's like it's like we've done it more than twice. You and... can be the host. Oh fuck off! Um, I, we need a we need an average Joe, yeah. We need a we need a Joe Everyman, uh, man on the street opinion for your your opinions for your ivory tower up there <laughs> in London. In, in yeah. London. Vox Populi. Um... I thought that was what Someone you to were. keep you in check, mate. What you think I'm getting drunk with power? I th- I think you're drunk. I think I am as well. <laughs> that that was the sexiest sip of a bottle of wine I've ever witnessed. Thank you. I try. You look best. like you look. You could compete with that guy. That that guy who hangs out on the park bench around the corner from me. <laughs> I could. I look like him, you, and I. Yeah, you look. You look kind of folded up, like you're folded up on a bench, <laughs> like huddled over, beard bent double against your chest. Barely able, barely able to draw in another to your breath, lips. but still able to suck another yeah. sweet <laughs> wine sip from the glass tea. Yeah. There you I, go. I've spoken to you in a, in a couple of weeks, yeah. man. How you been? Uh, very well, my friend. Very well. Uh, oh, you were ill last yeah, week, weren't you? Yeah. So when you said you were dying upwards, you actually meant yeah, it this I was. time. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, hmm. then Charlie um, was throwing up on Thursday night, and then she gave it to me. Yeah. And I've had the squits all weekend as well. So literally, I've just on my fucking oh. last legs. Oh. Big dogs don't. Big dogs die young. Big dogs don't live old. I've got. And you're a big dog. Yeah, is that what you say? If I'm. You get the shits all weekend. You are a fucking picture, mate. You are one of the most attractive human beings I've ever met. If I'm lucky, I've got eight years left. Eight dog years. Something just falls out of me. Are you going to get that tattoo? The picture of the tattoo that you said. Oh, what the? um, Yeah, in dog years, I'm gay. Yes, I saw, please. I saw that on it. one of those like um, like bad tattoo Instagram pages, and yeah. what they don't understand is that tattoo fucking rocks. Like that's one of the best tattoos it's a, it's anyone's amazing. ever got. It's a picture of yeah. like a Scooby Doo esque Doberman, like yeah. one black line drawing. Looks like it's all been done in one mm. go as well, and then written underneath in kind of scraggly block capitals. Like yeah, handwriting. handwriting. It just simply says, "In dog years, I'm gay," and that's written on someone's foot. <laughs> that's like the front of like the the front, what the laces of someone's foot. Yeah, it's a yeah, phenomenal, yeah. The top it's of phenomenal the foot, yeah. artistic piece of art um, of art. It's a phenomenal statement to make. I don't, I don't understand it, and that makes me love yeah, it even it's more. It's beautiful stuff. Yeah. Um. Are you going to do it? No, I'm definitely not. I'm never going to get a tattoo. John, 
why are you never going to get a tattoo? You said to me years back that you were just going to get your forearms heavily tattooed and work out loads and join a bike again. To be, to be honest, actually, I've got some fucking, I've got some fucking cracking forearms from um, yeah, Have from you? grip training. Get them covered in a grip from what? What training? Grip training. Sorry, grip. John from what grip. training? Grip. John <laughs> wanking from from what training? Shut up. Um, <laughs> first thing I wanted to talk about this week, um, I said I said to you before you came on the podcast that we've got. Um, I said to you off, off air that we've uh, got some big <laughs> big callbacks to make from previous episodes, things that have happened over oh, the last yes. week or so. So first one, run it so at I, me. As I was sick again, I um, watched was watching TV um, and burst into tears over a dairy milk advert. <laughs> Have you seen the advert where the little girl um, is trying to buy a dairy milk bar for her mum? I'm assuming just for like being nice. It might be for Mother's Day, but she hasn't got any money, and she's like giving her like favourite things, and she's giving like buttons and like little toys and things like that. And like oh, the, um, there's someone when I was telling someone at work about this, they pointed out to me like, yeah, I mean it's a nice advert, John, but the problem with it is why is it, he like gives he takes all of the stuff that she gives him and he gives her like two like little trinkets back. And he's like, right, and there's your bar and there's your change. And yeah. um, why don't you just go, no, love, just have the fucking dairy milk bar. I don't need your shit. Yeah. <laughs> he took a, chill, a child's most prized Unless possessions. Unless he's going for a, like, a pure barter system with the children of the neighbourhood and he needs the <laughs> coin in. He, this, is the, this, is the, you know, this is the mode of commerce that he's chosen to adhere to, which is children's <laughs> trinkets. Some kind of, I imagine some kind of, now, now I think about that advert. Now I think about it with a clear, non-tonsillitis mind. That advert suggests <laughs> to me that he's some kind of like necromancer, and he uses yes. the trinkets to draw the essence of the children. Yes, which yeah. it keeps him yeah. forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he uses the trinkets to build voodoo dolls of the children. He, uh, he, he, he pricks his finger and drips blood into a pestle and mortar and it hisses as it hits the I was going to say fingers is prick um. <laughs> and drinks <laughs> yeah that's, that's it I mean I'm not I mean I'm not au fait with the um, satanic rites of somebody that tries to raise an army of the dead but I'm just saying no. go back and watch that advert and tell me I thought that was right in your right in your oh, wheelhouse my friend we're coming up we're coming up on that later do not worry my friend oh good um <laughs> Yeah, I think he's. I think he's a. I think he's a black magician. I think he's a necromancer. Um, and I Hold think on. That we need to. G- I was desperately. I was desperately racking my mind then for a black magician. There aren't any, are there? <laughs> there just aren't um, any. No, they're too impressed with the magic. <laughs> <laughs> if, you ever, like, if ever I wanted to be, they think it's real, which is why I'm they not, make bad magicians. One of the fun, I one of the funniest vines <laughs> that I ever saw. Rest in peace, vine. Um, was uh, was three black guys, and it was um, and they they were recognizing the um, <laughs> the way that black people act to like react to like very simple magic tricks, as like made famous <laughs> yeah. by um, David Blaine. And the fucking magic, yeah. magic, magic um, advert where we went to the cinema when we were eighteen. Um, 
Yeah. And yeah, and it was the three of them. They do like, a, is this your card? And they're like, yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, that's really cool. And then it's like, but this is how we really are. And it's like, is this your card? And all three of them just start doing forward and back flips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That reminds me, I think, trying to think of a black magician reminds me of that bit from there. Uh, we watched a couple of episodes of uh, Extras. <laughs> oh, no. Is it Extras? Oh, yeah, it was Extras uh, recently. And, uh, and there's the bit where... <laughs> where uh, what's his chops? Cheggers challenges um, Cheggers challenges Ricky Gervais to think of a uh, funny black comedian, and then he starts reeling off like Chris Rock, um, you know, like loads of loads of famous American uh, black comedians, and then he's like, and he's like, no, 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 name a British one, and he's like, uh. uh <laughs> And then he like looks up at the wall and there's a picture of Lenny Henry and he goes, uh, uh, <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. Uh, so good. Yeah. He's like, well, you can't change the rules halfway through. Uh, good. Lenny Henry's all right. Um, I remember when he played Othello, which I think was an interesting change of play, pace. Do you remember that film? Yeah, was that was that funny, was it? Do you remember that film that he well, was in the nineties where he whited up? So what? Lenny Henry went to America and like basically like Hollywood was like, "Oh, this guy's going to be the new Eddie Murphy," and he made one film yeah. where he was like a um, on the it was basically sister act, but instead of being a nun. He, he, he made him he white. A makeup artist. He used his makeup skills to make himself like white. No one. Like, <laughs> I've mentioned this to a few people over the years. No one remember. Did no you dream this? This, this is a hundred percent a film. I could Google it now to find out what the name of it is. What's it called? I have to Google it. So it's going to take. All right, wait fifteen minutes while I fucking search Lenny Henry's film. Do you want me to fill her? Yeah, just just riff for me. Riff. No, I got nothing. I was thinking about going to get some booze instead. No, don't do that. Why didn't you have the booze ready? Get me through this fiasco. Ugh. Is this something? I hope your audio is recording okay, mate. So, because every now, on, now and then you're cutting out on the over well, yeah, the phone line. So. Yeah. Well, just you know, be be sure. Be sure. All right. Be sharp. All right, Lenny Henry. Here we go. Super excited. Lenny Henry bibliography no come on it's going to be the 90s isn't it I don't just google Lenny right, Henry right, whites right, right, up right, right. it's called True Identity it's a 1991 oh American God. comedy um, a struggling black actor named Miles Pope come on guys <laughs> that's a first draft <laughs> black actor name isn't it <laughs> um, is on a plane ride home when a from a failed acting audition. Miles meets a producer named Leland Carver who accidentally reveals his mafia ties when he believes that their plane is about to crash. However, the plane does not crash and Miles is the only man who knows Leland's past. To escape, Miles persuades his makeup artist friend Dwayne to transform him into a Caucasian male. As Miles is packing his bags to get out of town, a hitman walks in and a struggle ensues. Miles kills the hitman but through a comedy of errors, sounds hilarious, he is mistaken for the hitman. <laughs> Miles must assume a parade of identities to stay one step ahead of the mafia on his trail. Um, How many stars? So, um, 
uh, Karen Jones of the New York Times said that um, the direction of the film was tame and conventional, and that although Lenry had Lenry, <laughs> Lenny Henry had obvious talent, true identity doesn't take enough advantage of it. Lenny Henry commented on the film retrospectively in 2010. When I went to America to do True Identity in 1991, I realised that they had their own Richard Pryor. They didn't need me to pretending to be Richard Pryor, so I had a massive career rethink. The film was not a box office success. <laughs> and what, what? Hold on. What was his career rethink? Come back. Um, be abusive to Dawn French. To Dawn French. Uh, do a couple oh. of uh, do a couple of shows that no one what. You are throwing around hefty accusations. I mean, it's all, it's, it's everything on this show is allegedly. Where's that come okay? from? Is, is that so in that's um, fine. her autobiography? I think he, I think he was, um, I think, I, I don't think it was a, a healthy relationship. It was fine, I thought they just like split up normally. No, he was nobbing loads of other people for a start. Yeah, that's, that's recently, that's been, um, retroactively um, brought into like retrospectively re- yeah retrospectively as with Lenny Henry's 2010 retrospective about fucking true identity um, being uh, cheating on your partner has recently become like a form of spousal spousal abuse or like is a form of abuse I don't think it is abuse it's, it's not Do you not think it is? the same way that like I think I think I think it is if they find out I think it is if you like rub their mental nose abuse, in it. isn't it? That would be like abuse. But like if you like cheated on your partner and they never and they found out about it like after the fact and it wasn't like something you were using to like you know, gaslight them or whatever. It just seems like you're just a you know, just like not a good guy, but you're not like a I wouldn't put you in the same category as like somebody that like grabbed their yeah, Jeffrey grabbed their missus' arm and like hissed how stupid they were into their ear or stuff like that. that's proper mental abuse isn't it <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know I don't want to get drawn into a discussion about d- the divisions well, of uh, there's no, there's no grades of mental abuse, abuse really. but I do think like that's not like cheating on your partner and then them finding out about it is not like, like also like being mean to your partner like being like like having arguments isn't abuse but like screaming in your partner's face is abuse like we need to like I think we need to just ah. redraw the what lines if, okay what if the what if the argument you're having involves you screaming in her face I think you just said arguments were fine mm, yeah I mean you know what I mean like when like I tell you what the the, I, the only reason I know about the only way I guess it is because there's like big chat and the uh, discourse about um the only way is Essex glorifying like male abusive partners because literally every man on it is a piece of shit who like screams in his girlfriend's face about like how she's a slag and how she's a fucking idiot and stuff like that. Yeah, it's pretty fucking. I think there's like a threshold. Like you can like get in an argument with your um, for either sex because you know uh, mental abuse works both ways. Like um, with uh, your partner and it not. And it not be Preach, abusive. Sister. Go off, Queen. Um, and then, like, you can just like be like a piece of shit who's like 
and you're fucking stupid, and you're ugly, but oh no, love me, love me, and you're a camper. Like, that would be more abusive, I think. Anyway, this is a weird conversation to have. Talking about black magicians. <laughs> no, but, black magicians, yeah. can you name one? Name one. No, we can't, as we said. Um, okay. Um, but Alistair Crowley, there's a. there's a um, You know, oh, Barbara yeah. Bush died, George, George W. and Jeb Bush's mum. <clears throat> I yeah, did not know that. No. Weeks ago. It was done a week ago. Anyway, um, there's a conspiracy theory on the internet that um, Alistair Crowley is um, her dad. <laughs> Alistair Crowley, famous <laughs> right. British um, magician with a K. Um, magician yeah, with magician a K. With a C, who are like card trick and like doves out of a hat magicians. And then you've got magicians with a K <laughs> who are. Uh, you don't have magician with a K. Yeah, you have you magic have with a K. K. Well. You, ma, 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 yeah, magician. magician. No, yeah, I don't know. I think I think you're right actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So the B six six six. Let me. Let me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crowley. It's Barbara Bush's dad. The evidence boils down to claims that Barbara Bush's mother, Pauline Pierce, was in Paris in the 1920s and apparently partied with Crowley eight months before Barbara was born. And according to some websites, there were sexcapades. If you're hanging out with Crowley, you're having sexcapades. The second best capades after, of course, ice capades. Yeah. The ice capades, yeah. Do people in the UK only know about the ice capades because of popular TV? Yeah, we don't have ice capades in this country, do we? Oh, no, they had, they had frozen ones, no. I remember. Lizzie saw it on TV. Um, and then we just yeah, turned the channel over. So I didn't have to go and see it. Um, so they so reckon that Good. after digging for Good. a bit, you soon discover that Crowley is Barbara Bush's biological father. Uh, Rumour came comes from a single source, an article on a, on a website called Cannon Fire, whose author claims to have Crowley's diaries, oh, along with information off. from a sixth-level initiate of the Ordo Templi Orientis. Racist. The organisation Crowley founded in the like 1920s. Politics. Even in the article, there is no actual proof that Crowley had <laughs> sex with Pierce. Well, I mean, obviously, like, what do you want, like, fucking Polaroid? But apparently, she may have uh, been <laughs> one of four people who helped Crowley explore a sex magic, magic with a K, um, in um, a ritual called the sure. Erotto Comatose Lucidity. This ritual was supposed to help Crowley reach the grade of fucking hell words. It, I can't read articles at the best of times. Ipsismus. Ipsismus. <laughs> the highest magical achievement within the order. Yeah. So yeah, so um, famous war criminals um George Bush Senior, George H.W., um, was married to, and mm-hmm. George Bush, George W. Bush, is the son of um, sure. Alistair Crowley's daughter. And I wonder if um, if that's not a little bit. There you go. Who knows? Who knows? You look Hello, like you might be Crowley. Again, Rick. What's Hello, going Rick. on? Hello. Can you, Can you hear, hear me? me? 
Yes. Can you hear me? You back? No. Yes. yes. No. Yes. I can hear you. I can hear you. Can now, you hear yeah. me? Good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Good. No, it's your. Why wifi. is your Wi-Fi so shit? It's your Wi-Fi. It's your My Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi's fine. I've got four G. It's fine. Should we have? Yeah. Should we have an argument about Wi-Fi? Wi-Fi? No. So anyway, yeah, that was um, no. that was Alistair Crowley and um, George W. Bush's. Any, any, any? I thoroughly recommend listening to the uh, last podcast on the left about Alistair Crowley because it was very interesting. My favourite story about Alistair Crowley is that he um, he brought a cottage um, up in Scotland somewhere on like the banks of a lake or a loch, as they call it in Scotland. Yeah. And um, he tried to undertake a, um, a Nokian ritual um, to um, like basically to call on like. Um, Enoch um, or Enochian uh, magic is all blurs lines between like angels and demons. They're basically like the same type of creatures. Right. Um, comes from um, <coughs> the alchemist of um, Elizabeth the first. This guy had like a fucking um, Elizabeth the first had an alchemist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he I come the guy. His name's like something Dean or something. I can't remember his name. John D or something like that. Um, and he had like a fucking nervous breakdown um, and had like a series of visions and wrote a um, language um, right. which is known as like was known as the Book of Enoch, which was apparently like the language of angels. Um, right. But interesting thing is that the study of the language proves that it is a completely working language and it can't be um, naturally linked back to just like simple translations of um, English or French or anything. Okay. What's um, the what's the basis of it being a fully functioning language? Like, and where did you um, hear about this? The um, the like the when you write when like you look at the structure of the language in terms of like building blocks of the language, then you break down English into like its tenses, its um, yeah, like uh, so it's the same as English form. in that sense. No, it's not the same as English, but it has a. Um, like a like a structural pattern that makes sense. Like right. so, like it, it doesn't necessarily have like verbs and nouns and stuff like that, but it has like a, a, a structural equivalent. Anyway, so Crowley goes to this lake, and uh, he's supposed it's supposed to be like a seventy day ritual, and it's supposed to be like um, if you believe in this shit, it's supposed to be like the most like arduous it's like it's like running a fucking marathon for 70 days it's like the most arduous up first thing in the morning working on the ritual constantly having your sanity tested by the like the experiences that you're having as you're working up the ritual and anyway got about and and if you break the ritual if you stop the ritual it's supposed to be devastating to your like um, psyche it's supposed to like rip you asunder it's like the, it's almost worse to um, to not complete it than it is to complete it incorrectly. Yeah, so he gets about twenty days into it and just gets bored and just fucks off, <laughs> and that's it. So there's and, um, and guess what? He was, was fine. He was fine. Yeah. Well, I um, mean, he wasn't fine. The um, but he was never fine. But the interesting, um, the I think Jimmy Page went and brought the um, house, um, and he may still own it. But yeah, never lived there. It's very interesting. Anyway, yeah, um, chaos magic. 
So, final um, update on Chaos Magic. No, um, Crowley wasn't a Chaos Magician. Chaos Magic okay. is something that came out of the 80s, really. It's more yeah, of a right. punk movement. Chaos Magic. Um, uh, um, we, oh, I had something for you then. Um, go on then. How do, so, how do, hold on. So, going back to the fully functioning language thing. Um, uh, what what this this always intrigues me because there was another there's the Voynich manuscript isn't there yes um, which I find bizarre and interesting but it is like you know it's it's believed that it is a language but nobody understands uh, no one can kind of crack it no, is that the case pretty, no they're pretty just they're pretty convinced it's just a code which we don't have the cipher for but actually I read an interesting so the is it Voynich is that how it's pronounced yeah I think so yeah. People who don't know Google it, it's this mental fucking manuscript that um, I think it, someone found it in like the. It's like supposed to. I think it's supposed to be 17th or 18th century manuscript, um, and no one's ever been able to translate it. But actually, they've had um, like AI assisted um, code breaking try and break it down, and they yeah. basically worked out the like one of the. Um, uh, I can't remember what they said it was, but they've worked out one of the. They've, they've cracked a cipher on it. Oh, right. It's not enough to translate the whole thing. Oh, right. I didn't to, know that. It's enough to prove that it's written. Um, like what they, they've worked out. It's, it's not gibberish. Yeah, they've worked out yeah. what language it's written in by like repetition, basically. So they've taken like. They've like scanned the whole document and said, well, if you. Instead of viewing it as individual letters, you say, okay, well. You know, like, have you ever seen the film Zodiac? No. Okay, so do you know who the Zodiac Killer was? Yes. Yes. So the Zodiac Killer sent out a um, uh, a, a cipher to be broken, which had to be after he, after a couple of killings, and he said it had to be put on the front page of um, the papers in San Francisco, and it had its identity in. It didn't have its identity in. It, it was broken quite quickly and the reason it was broken is because the couple that broke it were like a pair of like crossword fanatics and they're like well this guy's a killer we just need to look for like a repeating symbol mm. like two two letters next to each other and assume yeah. that's the double L of kill and then that'll give you the I and the K right. as well so you've then got three letters and you can start trying to work out what the what the rest of the um, um, letters would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, with the Voynich... But that's you know, just the, a replacement cipher, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so he just had a... That was just a replacement cipher. But um, with Which the Voynich... Take, is... take that as an idea and say, like, if you think about, like, all of the... If you could look very quickly, look at all of the different languages, like a, a sentence written, and you didn't know what language it was written in, but you could very quickly assess it to all of the other languages in the world... Yeah, you would be able to spot like plan, like um, patterns repeating that are then repeat that narrow down the languages, and then the more sentences you could look at, you could say, well, that first sentence of you know adheres to like forty-seven languages, but if you yeah. like keep going and keep going and keep going, you break it down. You go, okay, well, like so. I think they worked out it was written in. Um, I want to say they worked out it was written in Sumerian, but I might not. That might not be right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know whether it's just it seems like one of those things where like um if it is if it is a code, if it is a cipher um you know that requires um 
what do they call it? I can't remember the type of thing where you've got you've got two pieces of text and you need you need the other yeah. piece of text in order to translate yeah. the the original piece if that makes sense. So so there's no, there's literally no way of translating the original piece without the the key text. So it doesn't matter like no one's going to be able to you can say it was written in a, a, a you know a human language and it was probably from wherever from whatever period but there's literally no way you will ever be able to break it if it isn't gibberish. Do you know what I mean? I missed all of that. <laughs> Apart, <laughs> I said uh, it's. Um, I can't remember the name of the 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 the, the t- correct terminology, but there's a, t- a type of code where you require a, you know, you require another jumbled piece of code as a reference point to to translate the 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 the, the coded message, and if you don't have yeah. that key, then you can't translate it. It doesn't matter yeah, like how good you are uh, a, a linguist, you can't do it. Yeah, like in Red Dragon, um, where you need where the code, this the cipher is the like a passage of the Bible. Yes, and, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you for computers can like computers can now do that. <coughs> well, only Just, no computers can do that if surely computers can do that if the reference code is a known text. No, if you, know, you don't need to know the reference code, you just need like a. It's like it's like um, a, a dictionary code breaker on a um, computer, like on a um, on a password. That like breaking a password just by like like uh, I can't remember what they call it, but like brute force like attack. Brute force, yeah, brute force attack. Yeah. You can brute force attack a cipher as well, and say like, well, we don't know what the cipher is, but use a computer use like computer processing power to just bang it out over however long it takes until oh, right. until it yeah until it um, oh, okay. makes sense of the thing well I'll be intrigued I'm interested to know why they haven't been able to do it then well they haven't been able to do it because like brute force attacks of like like breaking computers breaking ciphers have only really been around for like um, a few like people are still better cope well I don't know if that's true anymore, but people have been like were better code breakers into like recent. And when I say recent history, I'm moving. You're talking Bletchley Park. Twenty years. No, no. Like even after that, people still were still. We were still using code breakers until. Well, I think we still use them now Mm. because computers are really good at like. So like the reason that um, was it called the Voynich. Um, yeah, yeah, Voynich manuscripts. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, the reason that hasn't been broken is because it's ciphers on top of ciphers on top of ciphers. So it's like it's it's codes on top of codes on top of codes. So <coughs> a computer might be you might be able to build a bot that can recognize part of a code, mm. but it's not enough to break the code. If you use like if you're using symbols instead of letters, you're using a skip pattern. You're using like it's still really difficult to and the other thing as well is if you're um, putting nonsense in every you know random number for a random number like people would pick that up really quickly because they would go like um, that doesn't fit with the rest of it yeah that doesn't fit with the rest of it that doesn't yeah. fit the rest of it oh here's here's the you know they would just translate everything go oh, here's the words that we can pick out but computers find it difficult to pick out the fuzz 
Yeah, okay. Oh, well, there you go. Have you seen... Uh, have you seen... Um, uh, what's the Bletchley Park one called? Film? Codebreaker uh, one? Eddie... Eddie... Redmayne? No, it's not Eddie Redmayne. It's um, the other one. It's Cumberbatch. Oh, it is. It is. I can't remember what it's called, but I have seen it. It was all right. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was quite interesting. I I heard as well. I don't think they talk about this at the end of the film, but someone else told me that after we broke the Enigma machine um, and worked out how it worked and we decided that, you know, like whatever it was, Coventry or whatever it was, it wasn't worth um, revealing to the Germans. We knew that the Coventry was going to get bombed, but we didn't bother doing anything about it because we didn't want to reveal to the Germans that we had broken their code. So, so... Uh, apparently, uh, after the war finished, and we captured loads of the Enigma machines, we went. We said to all our all our um, allies, like Canada and Australia, we were like, "Oh, we've got these Enigma machines. They're amazing. Codes can't be broken. Do you want to use them?" And yeah. and ha- handed them out to our, our our allies, and then spied on them for the next twenty years while they were using the Enigma. Yeah, codes. yeah. We didn't admit that we'd broken the Enigma code until I think it was until the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is buying on our allies. Yeah, that's we're assholes. Keep your friends close, keep your enemies close. There's nothing wrong with spying on your allies. Everyone's spying on everybody. I'm not spying on you. Should I be spying on you? Nah, I'm alright. I've got nothing interesting to say. Um, But no, yeah, yeah, we did that. Um, British um, intelligence was the um, was generally considered to be the um, the origin. No, the second best. Um, intelligence service in the world after fucking communists the Russians were the best the Ruskies the Russians were the best the Russians did shit like they planted <coughs> they gave a um, they planted a bug in a um, a radio transmitter in the um, in like a um, office building that was powered by the movement of the building what you know like a buildings will sway in the wind things like that so in the in the american embassy in moscow they had this giant fucking bug in the wall that nobody knew about that was transmitting back to and like they couldn't pick out like the technology was way ahead of um, what anyone else was doing at the time and sorry their, what what their, I, I what do you mean I'll it's look, powered by the movement of the building so like through kinetic energy there was enough movement in the building to power a transmitter. Let me Google it for you. Let me find it for you. To power a powerful transmitter. Just so yeah, you know, every time you Google, your audio cuts for a second. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's not like a fucking, uh, you know, automatic watch. Let me find it for you. I'm, I'm dredging the shit up from memory. That's what I find... Um, yeah, so it was referred to as the thing, um, or the Great Seal Bug, um, but it was the fir- uh, one of the first covert listening devices to use passive techniques to transmit an audio signal. It was concealed in a gift given by the Soviet Union to a guy called Hammond, um, no, Harriman, uh, the United States ambassador to the Soviet Union on August 4th, 1945, because it was passive, um, needing electromagnetic energy from an outside source to become energized and activate 
um, it is considered a previous uh, to you know like RFID technology. Yeah. Um. So. Oh, so it had no power supply or active electronic components. So How did it work? And I got it only became active when a radio signal to the correct frequency was sent to the device from an external transmitter. <coughs> All um, right. So they couldn't tr- you, they couldn't trace the bug in the building because it had yeah, no powered yeah. or moving parts or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, and it like wasn't sending out a signal. Yeah. So how did it listen then? That's pretty good. Or well, how did it transmit? I guess is a better question. Ah, well, there you go. Um, Do you want to know about some other cool fucking surveillance techers yeah, that I've learned about in the recent years? So uh, one was the um, uh, the laser microphone, um, which is quite old now, but I only found out about it fairly recently. And I thought it was interesting. Is that the one where, you shine on the window? Yeah, oh. so you shine the laser on the window and it measures the movement of the window, and so yeah. it can and it it's basically turns the window into a microphone, if you will. So but anyone inside like, talking, you can you can translate hear what they're talking. They've got ones where they can like shine on anything now, so they yeah. can put it on like a plant in the yeah. room or like a crisp yeah. packet in the room. So that's not. So they don't shine. So they don't. Um, so the one that I heard about recently, which is like the next step on that on the laser microphone, it's it was an incredibly high frame rate, high definition camera. Yeah, that's it. So just video in the room, and it can just pick out different things in the room. Yeah. And work so if like, we're so if there's yeah. plants in a vase on the table and and we're having a conversation, you video the movement of the leaf leaves on the plants, and translate that into an audio signal. So really, all you got to do is have like if you want to like fuck that up, it's just have multiple fans going off in different directions, <laughs> pointed at everything. Yes. So the, yeah. the entire room is like a fucking wind tunnel. <laughs> yeah. Well, they did. The, I think the way that they uh, counteracted the window one was to have like a oscillating, uh, uh, like um, a frequency generator in the in the glass. Oh, what to bang it so out? It was, so it was vibrating the glass very, very slightly. Get on, fucking cunt! Shouldn't be listening. To you, yeah. Secret service. Well, there we go. How was that? Um, Anything else on the agenda? Yeah, so I read about this. This is an this is this is, this is edutainment today. <laughs> We're just edutaining our um, listeners. That's what we do, constantly. baby. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard of um, a ancient Babylonian um, fella called um, Ian Nasir? Ian Nasser. No, Ian, that's my neighbour. Ian Nasir. E A hyphen N A S I R. So basically. He's the oldest, um, like, historical um, figure that we've got, like, just random fella that we can point to as being a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> what? So, like, so in, um, in Babylon, they used to use clay tablets, effectively, as their, um, as their writing. Um, sure. Like mode, I don't know. Yeah. Medium. Medium. Um. And so, there's tons of um. Because they're like clay tablets, they break. They're difficult to store. They were. We've got tons of financial data on ancient Babylon, because like 
um, like bills of sale, um, inventories, um, receipt, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Was stored, but we've right. got almost nothing about like their culture or anything like that, except for this fella, Ian Nasir, who was a uh, merchant in uh, Babylon. Okay. And he's a fucking cunt. So if you go to the British Museum, there's a um, ta- there's a tablet um, in the British Museum, which is a letter of complaint to this guy, having a go at him <laughs> about the poor quality copper that he's selling. Um, right. But the um, interesting. I thought you said about- there was going to picture it would be some kind of ancient um, etching of him giving someone the uppers. No, no, no. So. But it wasn't just like copper that this guy was trading. He was into fucking everything, like kitchenware, real estate speculation, secondhand clothing. Kitchenware. He was doing everything, yeah. A nice line kept... of silicon fucking... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <coughs> Pots and pans. Yeah. Um, and he kept all of his correspondence in his house where he's getting have a go at by... Um, like the, by his customers for like trying to con them out of money, basically. Like, so why, did he, keep, why did he keep all the complaints? He kept so, he so kept basically, all, he had the world's earliest um, uh, trip advisor. He was he was the world's uh, he was the original ship poster. Like he's the world's <laughs> earliest troll. Like he um, so he's got hundreds of like meticulously filed. So they found all of these correspondence in a room that, that they think was his house, right. Um, and they found hundreds of like meticulously filed and preserved letters of complaint, like, all to him in a dedicated room in his house. <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure he wasn't some kind of like uh, like complaints lawyer? No, well, no, because they're addressed to. Well, maybe it's his lawyer's house. This is actually an excellent point. Maybe it's his lawyer's house, but they're all addressed to him, and it's like it's brilliant. Like if you read the letter, it's like you, like the guy who's writing it, he's fucking knocked off. He's really pissed off. He's giving this guy one. He's he's not giving this guy seven seven stars. He's giving this guy. He's not giving this guy four out of six. He's knocked off, and he's going like, you. I sent my servant to you with the money. And you said you would have the really high quality copper, <laughs> and you, and not only I've I've sent him back to you, and you've sent him through a dangerous part of town. <laughs> How are you? To, and he's like the guy's going. Like, Who are you to speak to me like this? And like, he's going fucking mad in his lab. And this guy's going. Yep, chalk that one up. Put that one over there, Steve. Get that yeah. one going. Gonna Get go read framed. that later. Add it to the collection. The best thing is, um, like, if you go to the British Museum and you look at this ancient Babylonian, um, Arsehole. this ancient Babylonian um, tablet from 1750 BC, um, it's titled as "Complaint about delivery of wrong grade of copper." <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Did you go into the museum and see this and think, "Let's talk about it"? Or has this come up on Google? No, no, no. I saw it ages ago. I saw it when I took Theo ages ago, but then I like saw it on like the internet somewhere probably saw it on twitter and uh was the, like somebody had put like a photo of it up and then some like somebody in the thread down thread written like yeah th- this isn't the only one of these tablets we've got about this guy. 
But it's just like that, that. Could you imagine? Like they're like they're. We know nothing about their culture. Almost nothing about their culture. But we know that specific guy's name because yeah. he was such a wank, and he would be. He was such a wank that he reveled in the. Why fact don't they that keep tablets on anyone else? Well, like they like if you think about it, like what like what would you like what documents would exist about our friendship? Yeah, this. No, this isn't. What do you mean? Like this, this. If there was like a, if there was like a fucking nuclear war, all of this gets wiped. Mate, I'm recording but this to hard tape find, and locking like, it, locking it in a lead fucking locker in my basement. Then you like, worry about it. Theo's like um, drawings in a book that, like, as long as that, or well, actually, they wouldn't even find that really, would they? Because it's like all paper stuff is just going to just disintegrate over hundreds of you know hundreds of years or thousands of years. Yeah. So yeah. That's why Ian Nasir shouts out to the king. Ian Nasir, big time, yeah. first troller. Yeah. He sounds like a wheeler dealer. He sounds like Del Boy. He's Del Boy, but with... No, he's Boise. <laughs> he is Babylonian Boise. He's Babylonian Boise. Del Boy wouldn't keep the, wouldn't keep the Ed. He wouldn't keep the evidence collected in his lockup. Um, but Boise, 100% would revel in it. Um... Want to give you another mm. quick update about um, the platonic ideal of um, everybody's favourite dad, Daniel Cormier, mm-hmm. the nicest oh, yeah. man in the UFC. Um, yeah, sure. How's he, he getting on? He's, he's getting well. He's got a fight coming up soon, but it's not stopped him from um, being named. You've got th- you've got three minutes of MMA chat, okay, then I'm cutting fine. you off. Um, did you see how much of MMA chat I cut out of the last episode? No. So <laughs> was, much. Was, it like, was the episode like five minutes long? We spoke for about an hour and 25 minutes and when I cut it all down and added back in the theme tune and the exit music, it only yeah. just clicked an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. So oh anyway, dear. Daniel Cormier, DC, um, he has been named high school head wrestling coach um, for a school in Northern California where he lives. He lives up in the Bay Area. He lives up in um, San Jose. Yeah. Um, but he's also, this is how much of a nice guy he is. Um, Cormier is elected to give his salary to his assistant coaches. He won't make a penny off of, uh, off of his work as a high school wrestling coach. All right. He's just doing it for the love of the game. Yeah, but... I mean, how much? It does. If you know anything I mean, about I, Daniel I Cormier, coach, you I know. coach a sport at a university. Yeah. And I know much how, how much work goes into it, and that's nothing compared to what they do in America. So, how much effort is he actually even putting in? A lot. What is, is he there every day? I, ma- I imagine that he's. He's working five days a week, and he's not nah, taking any money for I it. I don't imagine he's working um, five days a week. I imagine full, like full time. I imagine he is there. I imagine he is there every week, though. I imagine he's there probably as much as you're there, like three sessions a week. Yeah. He, Plus games. He runs a. Um, he's got a um, wrestling program that he runs out of his gym as well. Out of the gym that he trains at, just for um, like teenagers. Right. And it's not like wrestling is not like jujitsu in terms of you can charge a ton of money for it. It's fucking hard. Yeah. So you, he basically runs it at a loss because he just loves, you know, he's an Olympic wrestler. He's just an absolute champ. All oh, right. DC. So we go from one extreme to the other. We go from Ian Nasir <laughs> to dear Daniel Cormier. Cormier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it 
Is it? He sounds like the French version. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, go on. Go on. Go on, Nate. You go. Um, so, uh, what do you know about dogs using subways? What do you know about dogs? 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 I know a lot about um, Russian dogs commuting yes. to work. <laughs> commuting to the centre of Russian cities <laughs> to look for food. They've done studies, and then fucking yeah, off to the suburbs. Done studies on them because they get bothered. They like get rounded up and basically get killed if they stay in the centre of um, cities. But the outskirts are obviously the suburbs are more sparsely populated. So yeah. they can like have like packs. So they like so yeah. So they jump on the on the tube. They use the tube. This blows my mind. They know which stops to get off at. They're genius. Yeah, they're not. They're not fucking idiots. <laughs> it's incredible. Also, I uh, what, I've, what I find it incredible, I think, is there's obviously every now and then there must be a big curl. Yeah. Every now and then they must get them, but at least one of them survives to pass on the knowledge to the next stray dogs well no it's so like um they've done uh there was a the article i was reading god this is fucking so in a in like a um there was like a, a study that was suggesting that um when so basically when rats um a new poison is introduced to um like a, a rat society, Population. yeah. But the young rats are the first rats to die because they go bang. Let's eat that. Let's see what's going on here. And the old rats watch, and they go, <laughs> they go. All right, so this fella's still alive. We can eat it. And like, so they've had to introduce like long-lasting, um, basically like poison that takes days to oh, like slow acting. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. so but even that. The rats just go. Well, we just have to wait for longer. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be so, smart little bastards. But the the same is with um, in a is with asymmetric warfare in a um, like so non-trained fighters. So, for example, Afghanistan. Um, anytime there's a new conflict that kicks off, and you get like the local population fighting, but then you get a flood of um, of uh, effectively like immigrant fighters coming in, so they've yeah. seen it in Afghanistan, they've seen it in Iraq, they've seen it in Syria, they've seen it in Libya, where you've got like a three to six month period where the dickheads that are trying to shoot down drones with AK-47s get yeah. absolutely murdered. And then after the six month, if you've not won the war, if you've not like broken the back of the enemy, which you're not going to do in asymmetric warfare after that six months. Yeah. You're not going to do it because all the dickheads, are, like, all the like easy kills are dead, and then you're like effectively <laughs> like one for one on, uh, or not one for one, but you know you're like you're losing men at a rate that you find uncomfortable to the as opposed to you know like one man's death being yeah, yeah, equivalent yeah. to a thousand, yeah. it suddenly goes to like one in ten or one in five or whatever. Yeah, um, and it's the it's the same situation there where like the young like. Um, kind of headstrong gung-ho gung-ho dickheads get yep. killed very quickly and the older wiser smarter heads watch them die yeah watch them die and prevail for longer like mm. learn works and what doesn't work there we go yeah. should we should we instigate such a system in all of life um, 
Well, you know what they say. They say if you if you lock up um, if you locked up every um, like sixteen to twenty one year old man, your violent crime rate just basically like falls through the floor. Yeah, because <laughs> the majority of violent crimes committed are committed by young men. Yeah, yeah. Fucking idiots. Yeah, let's just do that. Are we still young? Uh, no, we're we're way old now. Are we? Yeah. The, we're no longer young men. We're old, bold, and full of fun. <laughs> <laughs> old, bold, and full of cold. Yes. You are. Always ill. Always ill. What do you eat? Dying upwards. I've not, no, no, because I can, I can get. I got over tonsillitis in four days. That's pretty good going. It's just that it's because it's back to everything, like everything in life. It all comes back to jujitsu. Like it's, uh, oh, I'm getting like fucking smashed. Hold on, I said MMA, didn't I? I can't stop you from talking about jujitsu. Yeah. yeah. Are you aware of who good. Demonious X is? Sorry? Are you aware of who Demonius X is? Are you... This is the problem with not having Potter on. No. Who's Demonius X? So you're not... Potter got it exactly right when he said that you're not online. You're not extremely online enough. I'm extremely online. Sweet baby Pieces is extremely yeah. online. He's um, so online. And you've got a life, so you're not extremely online. So Demonious X was this um, like an original. I don't even know if he was YouTube. I think he was YouTube, but back in the, like back in the early days of YouTube, he's basically like this fat, greasy um, gamer who was also right. extremely racist. Um, ah. And uh, but he had, I think he had a black mate called Daryl who um, said it was all right <laughs> for him to use the N word, so it's fine. But imagine like you're like very, very atypical autist who is um, <laughs> screaming abuse um, about you know the, the master race. Anyway, um, one of our f- We're dangerously close to talking about Rob again. Yeah, yeah. But imagine Rob. Yeah, basically Rob. Rob when he <laughs> would play. Um, what was that? What was that? Um, MMO RPG game. He used World to- of Warcraft. No, it wasn't World of Warcraft. It was worse than that. It was like. <laughs> Worse ever, than World ever, of Warcraft. I always want to say Evershed, but that's the name of a uh, <laughs> legal firm. What was it called? Neverwinter. No, it was Neverwinter, was it? Everwhere, ever, ever, Everquest? Everquest? Everquest. It was the one where he was like, I remember him saying to you and me one day, he's like, yeah, like, I've been really like grafting and I'm a blacksmith now and I'm just making tons of gold and making suits of armour. And for everyone else in the game, you know, it's hard work and I've got to go out and mine the ore and stuff like that. But you know what? Like, it's really, really starting to pay off now. And I was like, well, why don't you just go and get a real fucking job? (laughs) (laughs) He started, I went round to see him. Oh, I might have told you this actually. So stop me if you've already spoken about it. But I, I went round to see him not that long ago. And he was playing a game on the PlayStation, which was... How, as he described it to me, a medieval simulator, yeah. right? So he had to, as part of this game, it's like a, like a first-person uh, game, and there's like combat and stuff like that. But generally speaking, you're just milling about a medieval village, just killing the fields. Yeah, he had to, he had to learn to read. That was one of the bits. 
it was like a it was like a it was like a fucking game within the game. It was like a mini quest game to learn how to read. Sounds normal. Sounds perfectly normal. Sounds like the worst game ever. Well, I mean, the good thing about like games like fucking um, uh, Oblivion and stuff like that, Elder Scrolls. What's it called? Is it called Elder Scrolls? That's what it's called. Yeah, the Elder Scrolls games. Yeah. Is that like you get to like be a fucking cat person Sky- who can like Skyrim was the most recent one. Yeah, I've not played Skyrim. I've played Elder. I've played Oblivion, and I was every. I was every guild. And I yeah. was a vampire. <laughs> yeah. The last thing you want to do is be taking yeah, time I, I, to I wasn't telling a study yeah. manuals. Yeah, exactly. Study ancient texts on types of flowers. Um, so anyway, so Demonius X. Um, this is from um, one of our favourite co- uh, contributors, contributors, um, the Wheat Retard. Um, on Twitter, who's that? It, I've, I've brought him up a few times. So he's had some absolute classics. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my idea for Quantum Leap: Sam Beckett leaps into Demonius X in a hotel room. A soft voice on the radio says the September weather continues to cool. He flings open the curtains. The towers still stand. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that huh. in a fucking heartbeat. Yeah. I'd watch that episode of Quantum Leap in a fucking heartbeat. I'd watch any episode of Quantum Leap in a heartbeat. My favourite are where he jumps into like women. I bet they are. And he he looks he, <laughs> <laughs> he looks in the mirror and he's got lipstick yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Like, always he always got a hat and earrings on. Like Yeah. <laughs> and a clutch. Awful. It's just um Scott Bakula skittering around in kitten heels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an awful show. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Quantum Leap is a phenomenal awful. show. Awful. Um, somebody, uh, I remember seeing a few months ago that somebody had plotted the location of every leap <laughs> onto like a Google <laughs> map thing. It was brilliant. Have you seen, have you seen Gatto Blasters? No. Jane Cakes forty seven. She's been all over it, mate. She got the twi- she's got the she's got uh, the Instagram stream. page up. What? She's live streaming her cooking cakes, baking cakes. Yeah. <laughs> now she's got her Instagram going. Loads of pics going up. Good. She went and, to, uh, uh, and Mr. Pot Mr. Potter bailed on us today. So uh, lining up a guest for next week, though, mate. Who's it going to be? Well, it'll either be Nicky Pizas if he if he doesn't Probably bail. Pulls his finger out. I hope you're listening to this, Nick. Um, if not, uh, a good pal of mine, uh, George Varney, the man, the legend. Is George one of George one of Bristol's the, um, finest? Asian fella. No. Who was your <laughs> Chinese mate who wanted to come on, but then was um... Johnny Johnny Young. Oh. Young Johnny. Yeah, Johnny Young on. Johnny Young, yeah, I haven't spoken to him in a while actually. He's quit working at where I work because he's going to do a PhD in something awesome. Okay, good thing. Yeah. So yeah, brilliant. Bring George on. Yeah, it might descend. He he said just to give you just give you a highlight of the things that he said he'd like to talk about was the um, and we won't go into detail now. We're just touching it. The uh, the the you know they're like the Bay Area Strangler or whatever it is. The Golden State Killer. Yeah, he's on my list. He's been, 
he's been captured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about him tonight. Oh well, shit! No, we'll hold oh. it. We'll hold it until George comes on. That's fine. Hold it for Mister yeah, Vance. Yeah. Cool. Anything else on your list? Um, yeah, I've got. Uh, got. I've actually got loads left. Um, do you want to hear the funniest thing I think I've ever read in my life? Oh, hit me. So um, there was on um, self ask Reddit, Reddit dot self ask whatever it is. Um, you can have sex with one real person from all of human history. Who is your ultimate lay? And Phil eight two four eight says, "I'd like to have sex one more time with my wife who passed away from cancer nine years ago. My body yearns for hers. The ultimate downside to finding the one is she may die young and leave you wanting." Um, and then the next reply from something obscure is, "I also choose this dead guy's wife. This guy's dead wife." <laughs> 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 that's incredible do you reckon that's do you reckon that's the same dude just queuing himself up oh, for a joke it. I don't care it's, it's beautiful <laughs> stuff it's some beautiful amazing. stuff amazing oh the glory of Reddit do you want to talk about something that desperately isn't funny have you Oof. become aware of this Jonathan Pie guy Jonathan Pie racist debate guy isn't he the one who does the like? Uh, he pretends to be a he's from, news yeah, reporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy, the guy yeah. hasn't found it. The, the comedian who still hasn't found the joke yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, he's a. Um, so anyone who doesn't know, Jonathan Pye um, pretends to be a news reporter on YouTube, so he can have not funny rants about political yeah. subjects. Well, anyway, so he was interviewed on Channel 4 News. I'll, I'll cut it in so you can hear the fucking genius of this guy. And basically, his line is that um, it shouldn't be illegal to be racist um, because um, I want to be... A, if someone says, like, oh, I'm white and therefore I'm better than you know, someone else who's of a different skin tone, I want to be able to debate that person and show them how wrong they are. Um and I, my thought of this is just, I like the idea of him sleeping, um, never never fully asleep, never fully awake, in the <laughs> hangar of a B-52 bomber that's constantly circling England. And when somebody screams like a racial, racial abuse out the window of their car as they're driving down the road, he's deployed, tactically deployed, and he falls out <laughs> the air like fucking Batman onto the hood of the card car and then just screams debate me um and then everyone claps um because that's the thing like i and, and like, gen- generally like genuinely speaking i felt the same thing which is like, oh you shouldn't make it illegal to be a dickhead like being racist is being a dickhead you shouldn't make it illegal to be a dickhead but i remember talking to a mate of mine about it and he was like yeah john but you've never had somebody scream racist abuse in your face He's like, yeah, so yeah, to yeah, you, it's yeah. like an intellectual pursuit. It's like, oh, well, you know, I should, if someone's being a dickhead, we just challenge them on being a dickhead and at least we turn them around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And considering yeah. one of... You, you've never had someone fucking, yeah, like, I've you never know, been a, a put, a, put a flaming girl. bottle of fucking lighter yeah, fluid through exactly. your letterbox for being yeah, Asian. Yeah, well, I've never been a 12-year-old girl who's, um, like, been spat in her face because she's wearing a hijab. Or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. whatever that like had a fucking banana thrown at me as I'm walking across the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've thrown the banana, but <laughs> <laughs> that was me, wasn't it? 
But no, like in, in a screaming quadrillion. So it's like so it's so I, and I feel I'm being a bit a bit harsh on Jonathan Pike. He's obviously like his heart is in the right place. Like he wants to help people, but like you can't have um, you can't not have. Like it's like saying. Well, don't make murder illegal because if somebody murders somebody, I want to be allowed to stalk the streets of Gotham City. Basically, he wants to be Batman, and he's got yeah, he wants to be a vigilante. vigilante. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's gone like well, no, he's he wants, like, it's, it's, do, it's like yeah, I can't do the, It's like him saying almost that, but saying uh, I want to be able to debate them to let them know why murder isn't okay, and then maybe they won't do well, it. Well, no, maybe he went like he was like I want to be I and want to just, be vigilante. I want to feel that like rush going through my veins so I choke the life out of a you know mugger or whatever um, yeah. but then he realised I'm uh, like a physically weak um, not funny comedian um, who looks like he looks like an angry geography teacher he's like oh. debate them <laughs> oh you can't debate a murderer they've already committed the act then <laughs> debate a racist and really what we just should let him do is run his local do whatever he wants local neighborhood watch that's there There you go go. and that's and then maybe you stop making youtube videos making youtube videos yeah so what so what do you think think you've seen you heard about count dankula yes hilarious he's a wank fucking hell no i i i think i I, i'm shocked that he is uh he has been actually put in prison, or whatever it is that they've. Is, is, is he is he in uh, full on jail for eighteen months or something like that? Isn't I don't it? think so. I think he's. I think. Or I think he's out of prison. Or is he appealing? I, he, I don't think. He, I don't think he's got a custodian sentence. Custodial sentence. I need to look it up. Oh, I thought he did. Anyway, we'll have a look. But yeah, absolutely ridiculous. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Do you not think though that like? So this is. So this is the thing. As as a fucking card-carrying member of Cumtown. I'm a fucking... I'm a... I'm a... first settler. Cumboy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a native cumboy. Um, yeah. I do think, like... I do think, like, the, the difference between humour and... Um, um, offence is, like, an incredibly thin line. It's actually what John, one of the things that Jonathan Pike gets right in his... in this Channel 4 thing that you would have just listened to. Um, is that you can be in a... you can be listening to comedy... And think now that's beyond the pale. I don't agree with that. But there'll be people around yeah. you laughing, and then five minutes later, you can be laughing, and the person next to you can be saying, "No, that's too far." And then yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and comedy. But then, if you look at the people that like Count Dankula surrounds himself with, it's people like fucking Tommy Robinson, who. Well, did he? He didn't surround himself. Tommy Robinson came to, you know, spouted his support because it would do anything to get in the media. Yeah, and if and if Tommy Robinson came over to me and went, "Oh yeah, I'm on your side, mate," I'd say, "You're not on my side. Fuck off. You fought. go and, go and walk backwards down the road again, and um, being scared yeah. of um, three Asian men walking towards you and trip over a bollard. You fucking numpty." So yeah. Tommy, well, is that is that not what Count Dank? No, he's did? like got his arms around him, laughing and joking with him. Oh, and he's got it. people like Milo, who oh, is fucking useless. Not bad. Yeah. Um, and all and all of these. Oh, right. oh, I didn't realize his associations. Yeah, his associations with like that's because that's the thing. At the end of the day, you judge by your associates. 
And if you're yeah. hanging out with people who are self-proclaimed identitarians, which is effectively just a way of saying white supremacists, like the identity yeah. that they are discussing is white supremacy, um, yeah, yeah. then you're going to be judged as a white supremacist. You, you know, you lay down with dogs, you wake up with fleas. Completely fair enough. Um, though I do feel a bit bad for you, Rick, because um, clearly you have some like, kind of um, class solidarity with Count, Duc- Count Ducula because, uh, <laughs> because you've got the same fucking haircut and beard combination as him. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? It's not even vaguely similar. It's exactly the same. Do you know what? You'd have exactly the same if you could fucking grow some you air, mate. To, so. You need to send me a picture of you, square on. I'm going to get a picture of Count Duckula and Kelsey Grammer's going to be between the two of you. <laughs> Fine. Fine. Done deal. Uh, well, I think we should leave it there, you can. If I hate your feelings. No, we've got, we've got a no. couple of others. We've got, <laughs> I haven't got, we've any got some things we've got to discuss. Potter asked, have you ever seen a ghost? No. There's no such thing. For, for such a for such a stone cold logical man, I don't understand his belief in ghosts. Should we call um, Nick Potter from now on Stone get, Cold Steve Logic? Get him on to defend himself. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, have you ever been in a competitive eating situation? No. <coughs> I'd like to though. You've never done like an eating challenge. You've never eaten like. There was one. At, there was one that they used to do at Grillstock, which is like a barbecue place in Bristol, but. Um, they, uh, I've never done it. I've never done it on my own as a challenge to try and beat the time. I've ordered the the fucking mega platter and shared it with a couple of people. That kind of thing. Uh, you? Uh, no, no, not like. Just swallowing hot dogs. No, it wasn't a challenge. Um, <laughs> and JK forty seven and uh, and also um, Sharon um, getting loud. Uh-oh. I'm a loud type of sister in the uh, chat today about um, cauliflower steak which is where like supermarkets have taken to slicing cauliflower up and being like that's like here's a slice of cauliflower bulb and that's a cauliflower really? steak and, and and they're livid about it who where was it where did you see this um, is this a Facebook rant this was, no 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 this was uh, I asked for questions in this um so what the fuck is a cauliflower steak? Was that the no, question? Yeah, it's like, how dare they, I think, was the uh, question. <laughs> Which was, you know, like we live in we live in a capitalist society. Just don't buy it and they'll stop making it. <laughs> yeah, but cauliflower's a new thing now, isn't it? You blitz it and you can turn it into like pizza bases and all that I've kind been, of crap. I've been doing cauliflower mash for, 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 I want to say three years now. And it's replaced regular yeah. mash as my favourite type of mash. Do you want to hear the recipe? Cauliflower. Cauliflower. Butter. Wait. Cauliflower. Put it in a pan (laughs) with about a quarter inch of water in the bottom and a nice big knob of butter and four to five cloves of garlic. Cook it for about eight minutes. Steam it in that water for about eight minutes. Blend it all up and then add in a bit of horseradish or a bit of mustard to taste. Mix it up whack it on the plate with a bit of steak what I like to do is also saute some kale and some um, chestnut mushrooms mix them in you have it with your steak it's a taste sensation dreamy yeah sounds magical and, uh, but you can just guys if you don't want a cauliflower steak I'm sure they still just sell regular cauliflower just buy a normal cauliflower 
Yeah. Yeah, make your own stakes out of cauliflower. Sell it back to him. You'll save a fortune. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Sharon's Sharon's uh, Sharon's nickname is Sharon hates everything. So, um, to the point where someone she used to work with started a techno band called She. Sharon hates everything. <laughs> there was a website and everything. Maybe we'll explore uh, Sharon hates everything. The website. For next episode, yeah, I, think so. I think we have to go on. A... You ever seen the film um, Lawnmower Man? It'd be yes. Like that. Yeah. Oh, John, can you do the can, can the outro music be Sharon hates everything? No, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I have to listen to it. Do you see what the outro? No, get it on anyway. It'd be you funny. See what the outro music was you from can last week. Get it on, week? on Spotify. You know what the outro music was from last week? It was no. Nazi punks fuck off by uh, Dead Kennedys. And I Good. feel like I could just play it again. No. Because every week we just end up talking about the alt-right. How we hate the alt-right. Right. How you love them, apparently. Just because you've got the fucking alt-right haircut. How you and I would be ushered in with open arms if we turned up at a rally. Yeah, because we don't wheeze when we walk up and down stairs. <laughs> like the... I was thinking because we're white and tall with beards and fucking... Sure, that's yeah. what always fucks me off about like the um, self-proclaimed protectors of the, of the white race is they're always the worst Ugh. examples they're always yeah. like either ridiculous there's no like normally weighted people they're either ridiculously over or underweight they yeah. all have receding hairlines but not in a cool way like me and you yeah <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, well on that note mate I'm gonna go alright mate well it was good speaking to you um Listen to Good As Hell. No, we do that one every week. At Good As Hell on Twitter. Uh, at Good As Hell Cast on Twitter, sorry. Um, good As Hell Podcast at gmail.com. Oh, I solved the um, question of who uh, Master Commander it was. It who wasn't it? my dad, it was my little brother Liam. Oh, nice. Shout out to Liam Wallace, little Liam Wallace. Shout out to Liam. Yeah, all right, well, until um, next time. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>